All right, let's get to the uh, president of the United States demanding or suggesting, probably a more fair word, that the governor of New York resign. Um, So Mr. Biden involved himself in the uh, state situation here in New York with Andrew Cuomo, who has been uh, accused by the attorney general of inappropriate behavior with a number of women, including a state trooper. Here's what the president said. Are you now calling on him to resign? Yes. And if he doesn't resign, do you believe he should be impeached and removed from office? Let's take one thing at a time here. I think he should resign. I understand that the state legislature may decide to impeach. Now, that was very unusual. In fact, I'm trying to remember if any other president has ever done that before in a state matter. And, and nothing comes to mind. It might be one. If you know of any bill at BillOReilly.com, just shoot it out to me. Very unusual for a president to do that. Usually what they do is defer. Say, I'll let the state handle it. I'll let the court system handle it. But Biden basically signed Cuomo's death warrant because Cuomo now can't come back politically. He's through. Democratic Party will never embrace him again. Can Cuomo hang on another year because his term is up in 2022? Yeah, he can. Um, And he may try to fight it out because it would be bloody and grisly. But if he quits, then he's admitting that he did something wrong. If he resigns and he says he didn't do anything wrong. So, you know, Cuomo may fight it out. But getting back to Biden, because this is the most important part of this story, um, why did Joe Biden do that? And he was told to do it because he didn't hesitate. As soon as they report, and they knew he was going to be asked it. And it was, yes, you should resign. And he did it because the whole entire Biden administration is based on woke. It's based on all of this stuff that is in the social arena. And he, he has to play into the woke culture. He can't go against it or even rise above it. He's got to participate in it if he wants to keep the woke press on his side. So Joe Biden couldn't care less about Andrew Cuomo or what Andrew Cuomo did. Joe Biden was accused by a woman named Alexandra Reed, who worked for Biden in the 1990s. And Ms. Reed made a a very salacious accusation. Um, And she was going to get the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund to help her. And then Time's Up Legal Defense Fund said, hit the road, lady. Why? Because Time's Up is tied in with the progressive movement. And the progressive movement wanted Biden in the White House. So Uh, Alexander Reed had nowhere to go and the press wouldn't cover her. So that thing just evaporated. Now, I don't know what happened with Joe Biden or Andrew Cuomo. And for me to comment on it, as so many people have done, would be wrong. And I would never do that. I don't know. I didn't know the Kavanaugh situation, although that became clearer when There was not one shred of evidence to back that up. But I stay out of that unless I know and I don't. 
What I do know is that Biden injected himself into this situation because he had to keep the woke progressive forces on his side. MSNBC turned on CNN. This is the first time I've ever seen this. So an MSNBC opinion columnist, Laura Bassett, said, quote, given the information, Andrew Cuomo should resign immediately or be impeached. His brother, too, should resign from covering politics or be fired. So MSNBC, even further left than CNN, if that's possible, is now attacking CNN. Interesting. All right, let's get to COVID. So um, the big story in COVID today is the New York City vaccination passport called Key to NYC Pass. Now, what this is, is you have a vaccination card or I assume a letter from your doctor saying you have COVID antibodies or uh, you have a condition where you can't get the vaccine and you send the information to the state voluntarily and you get an Excelsior pass on an app. Okay, that, that's how the structure is. And then if you want to go to a restaurant, a movie, a Broadway show, anything inside, you show the app to get in. Excelsior Pass. All right. Now, I talked about this with Hannity on his radio program today. There's a lot of differing opinions. I understand why de Blasio and New York City are doing it, but it's racist. <laughs> how, how is it racist? It's racist. 33% of black New Yorkers have axed. 67% are not. In the Bronx, it's 70% of blacks in the Bronx. They can't go inside. Hey, do you know that, Comrade de Blasio? Do you know that? The white and Hispanic vaccination rate much higher than African American in New York City. Oh, huh? Now... If that were a Republican mayor doing that, that would have been page one. Racist. You're don denying African-Americans entree. Now, the reason, obviously, is they want to get everybody vaxxed because vaccination rates um, bring down COVID cases. That's true. The question, well, why, is, why are they all surging now? They're surging because the Delta variant is more contagious than the original COVID, far more contagious, and there are millions and millions of people unvaccinated. 95% of those getting COVID now and being put in the hospital, 95% are unvaccinated. So New York, and you're going to see this in every town, every big city is going to have this vaccination passport to get inside. Mark my words, even Florida and Texas, the states won't do it, but the local cities will. Houston, Dallas, Orlando, Miami, Tampa, they'll do it. You wait and see. President Obama cancels his big birthday party, um, you know, out in Martha's Vineyard because of man, COVID something. Um, this is an interesting story. Chinese government forcing everybody in Wuhan, 11 million people, to get COVID tested. Forcing. You don't do it, you go to jail. 11 million residents in Wuhan 
where this virus started, now getting tested again because of this Delta variant. And in China, they don't have to have any vax passports. They say, you do this or you're going to jail. They don't have enough vaccination over there to vax these people. Chinese scientists couldn't, couldn't come up with it, but they're testing them. In Florida, which is the worst spot in the USA for COVID, um, Ron DeSantis, the governor, has slipped behind his challenger in the 2022 election, uh, Charlie Crist. It's, it's basically a tie, according to a St. Pete poll. This doesn't mean anything. All right. Because, you know, people are scared about covid. They know there's a lot of covid in Florida. Um, Governor DeSantis doesn't want to mandate anything. And so he's going down the polls, but he'll come back up as soon as the covid gets under control. All right. Now I am going to prove to you my viewers all over the world, that I'm a good guy. Now, I know some of you have questions about that, but here is the proof. So as you know, a killing the mob was number one for nine weeks. But then it wasn't number one because another book took its place. And that book is called American Marxism by a guy named Mark Levin. You may have heard of him. So rather than brood about this and hurl invective Mr. Levin's way, I'm putting him on a program tonight. And you're going to see him in a moment. But first, I want to set up American Marxism. So as you know, we've been reporting on this for, I would say, two years, you know, uh, and we, we really stepped it up after the George Floyd incident, that there is a strain in the United States that wants to replace our capitalistic system with socialism slash Marxism. And we've proven it beyond a reasonable doubt. If you still don't believe it, all you need to do is go to the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation website where they clearly say the three women who founded that organization, we're Marxists. We are. They're not like they're hiding it. They're proud of it. So in the months after George Floyd, the following corporations donated a lot of money to the Marxist Black Lives Matter Global Foundation, Amazon, Microsoft, Intel, Reddit, Uber, Warner Music Group, Cisco, Gatorade, Nabisco. And then there were private people, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, Justin Bieber, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lady Gaga, on and on and on and on. Now, are all of those people Marxists? I mean, what the deuce are they doing? So joining us now from Florida is the aforementioned author of the number one bestseller, American Marxism. Uh, Mark Levin, you know him. He's on radio. He's on television. He'll come to your house and cut your lawn if you're nice to him. I mean, he's just everywhere. So this is what I, I can't explain to my audience very lucidly. These big corporations that would be dismantled, actually confiscated if Marxism was the system in America, they're pumping millions of dollars into that system. Can you explain it? 
Well, if you look at history, and thank you, Bill, for having me, there were a lot of corporations that worked hand in glove with Nazi Germany, with the Third Reich, even though they were claiming to be capitalist organizations. They're not really so much pro-capitalism as they're pro-corporatism. And I explained in the book a couple attitudes about this. Number one, the boards have moved hard left with uh, new and newer board members. Number two, they want to destroy their competition. What better way to destroy your competition than to get in bed with the regulators? Number three, many of them have decided that the Democrat Party and this agenda is going to win because in so many respects, the Republicans are weak, uh, that these movements have already devoured main cultural aspects of our society. And so it's not that they're particularly patriotic. Many of them want to do business in China. Many of them do business in China. They don't much care about how much genocide is going on there. And so these are these are a different type of uh, corporate boardroom I think we're dealing with today and over the last several decades. So it doesn't surprise me. And of course, they get no pushback from us. The left goes to shareholder meetings. They show up by the hundreds. They make demands. Uh, they, they conduct boycotts and and they try to get pension funds to divest. We don't do anything except complain about it and talk about it. And that's one of the points of my book. It's time that we become a little bit more engaged. We don't have to change our lives the way they do. They're 24-7 at this. But how about we spend a few minutes every day or an hour every week uh, doing what we need to do to push back. And we need to begin boycotting. We need to begin sanctioning. We need to be begin divesting. All right, let's get to that. Uh, we need to Let, become we'll get litigious. to that in a minute. But I yeah. still want to I, I pick up this theme. So Disney, you don't get a more American than Disney, all right? The Disney Corporation is full woke. Would you agree with that? They're 100% oh, yeah. in. Okay. Now, I don't know whether Bob Iger, a billionaire, runs Disney. Is I don't think he's a Marxist or a socialist. Um, but what he does is enable this kind of fascism, particularly on speech, to take root. That's what he does. And I'll give you an example. I think you may know this. In Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and in Disneyland in Anaheim, California, the public address people can no longer say the words, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. They're gone. That's fascism. Okay? Uh, they're ordered. No, by that's their... Marxism. Well, you link it into Marxism. Okay. I'll explain it in a minute. All right. But I don't think Iger and the board of Disney would cop to being Marxists. I don't think well, they I want to explain that. Okay. It's not that they copped to being Marxist. I didn't call the book Marxism. I called it American Marxism. It's an Americanized form of Marxism. And it's for this reason. They have adapted the fundamentals, the oppressed versus the oppressor, the victim versus the victimized. Uh, they reject so many of our founding principles, whether they're billionaires, whatever they're doing and so forth is, is beside the point. They're not Marxists in the old Soviet way. They're not Marxists, they're not Maoists, they're not Leninists. But they, but they embrace the idea uh, that the culture is rotten because they promote it. If they didn't promote it, uh, then it wouldn't matter what all these Marxist movements are doing. They embrace the idea. You can't find a dime's worth of difference with them on Black Lives Matter. You just said they help subsidize them. Uh, they say almost nothing about Antifa. When it comes to climate change, which I explain in the book is an old degrowth movement that came out of uh, Europe. Uh, they're all in on climate change. They help fund these movements. Uh, they're all in on critical race theory. And this is what I mean. It's an Americanized, tailorized form of Marxism. You know, they don't want to nationalize businesses and stuff like that. 
but they take the fundamentals where you must have class warfare based on whatever it is. Marx talked about economic class warfare. This Americanized form has expanded it. Uh, it's been tailored to our American system to seek our do imperfections. You think, do you yeah. think that Iger and the boys sitting there in Beverly Hills uh, are aware of that? Do you think they're doing it on purpose? Well, they're not doing it by accident. So you and think I will that say they this. know that Disney and the board of directors and the CEO know and want than to tear down the traditional American system, both economically and socially. You think they want to do this and are using the power of their corporation to make it happen? Actually, it doesn't matter to me whether they think it or not. This book isn't written for the media. It's not written for the corporate titans. It's not written for the left. It's written for the average American to read and find out what's going on in this country. But let me address that. Not only doesn't it matter to me what they think they are, the fact of the matter is they're promoting it. If these corporations weren't promoting it, and if these various cultural institutions like our media were not promoting it, it wouldn't be an issue. That's if true. our school districts weren't promoting it, it wouldn't matter. That's absolutely true. The culture true. has been conquered. And so I'm trying, I said, here's what happened. I looked at this. I didn't come up with this title until three months before I turned this book. And I said, what the hell is going on here? And I went back, I'll give you an example, climate change. I said, what? Climate change, climate warming, climate cooling, is it happening, isn't it happening? This is a movement. One degree here or there, they want to change our entire economy. Who are these people? And I go back and I researched it and I saw this comes out of the 1970s out of Europe, an entire movement. It's all out there for people to see. It's not about global warming or cooling or climate. It is about a degrowth movement aimed first at the United States, the Industrial Revolution, which Marx was always upset about the Industrial Revolution because it proved his entire theory false. The bourgeoisie was not overthrown by the great proletariat. The great proletariat became the great middle class that loves America and defends America and fights for America. So they've been on a hate on, on the American capitalist system from day one, and they hate being called what I call them. Whether they believe it or not, I don't much give a damn. You can't find, Bill, a dime's worth of difference between the vast majority of the media today and any of these movements. Now, on page 34 of your book, you have a quote from a guy who says, social movements thrive on conflict. And what basically that is, is that you have to create so much chaos if you want to change a system. And you can see that throughout history. I know you're a historian. You know how the Russian Revolution happened, how the rise of the Third Reich happened. And, and you've got to create all of this confusion so the people just don't know what the deuce is going on and that they then go into whatever they feel is safe or what promises them the most. And that is a very, very smart theme of your book. Now, my question, because you know I'm a simple man, Joe Biden is a leader of the United States. He has done more to enable the progressive left and all of the woke stuff than any other president in history, including Barack Obama, by far. Now, Biden will never read your book, and I don't even think he'll have the time to have Jill read it to him, okay? But if you were to have him right here, 
Biden would never admit to being, oh, I don't want Marxism. I don't want socialism. You know he wouldn't. Do you think he has any clue what's really happening? Here's the thing. One of the things I also say in the book is this, Bill. We have to take the language back. And we have to understand what's going on in this country. This isn't liberalism. This isn't progressivism. This isn't social activism. This isn't democratic socialism, which are uh, two terms that don't really work together. This is what it is. And they may not like me calling it, but my calling it exactly what it is. And that's part of the book. We have to have the courage to use the terms properly. Now, as a perfect example, the early progressive movement was a byproduct of Marxism. The early progressives, whether Woodrow Wilson, but in particular John Dewey and so forth, they embraced it. John Dewey went back to Moscow in 1928 when Stalin was in full roar. And he looked at the educational system and he said, this is what we need to be doing. We need to unite around the communal. We have to, re and you've written, you've talked about this. I think you call them the SPs or something to that, that effect. And right. uh, it's exactly right. Right. But yeah. Biden himself so, as the leader is, is cultivating yeah. this. He's making it easier for the Ocasio-Cortezes right. and all of these people. Do you think he knows what he's doing? He, these people will never say, I, he found me out, Levin did. I'm an American Marxist. Of course not. But I want Frank and Sally and Mohammed and Yitzhak and everybody else in America to understand. This is what they're promoting. They self-identify as something else. This is also another tactic. In terms of Biden, no, of course he doesn't know. But he is the main, as you point out, the main foil through which they operate. He has signed executive order after executive he's order promoting every one of these movements. So I don't think he knows what he's doing, period. Um, he's never really had any spine. You know that from his senatorial career. Right. Um, I think his church is going to boot him uh, in November. And that'll be a huge story. Final question on politics. Kamala Harris, is she more hardcore progressive than Biden? You know, I don't know, Bill, if we've ever had a time, certainly in modern history, and we've had two people who are completely unqualified to serve in the positions they're in. Kamala Harris, though, is more of an outwardly ideological, I think. Uh, Biden is a chameleon. But I think she's more outwardly ideological. There's not a single one of these, what I call these spawned American Marxist movements that she disagrees with. In fact, she had a more radical voting record than Bernie Sanders. Uh, that's another one who gets away with, I'm a democratic socialist. That guy's been an old red Marxist since day one when he was screaming on a soapbox in Brooklyn, New York. But that said, yes, she clearly is. I mean, look, do they talk about individual liberty ever? Do they talk about American sovereignty ever? Do they ever praise American capitalism? They trash the founders, they trash the founding, they trash the declaration and the constitution. They support people pulling down monuments. They support people effectively burning books, brainwashing our children. If it's not what I call American Marxism, then what the hell is it? Last question. NBC is the most woke of the powerful corporations that control the media. That's Comcast. All right, second is AT&T, CNN. I see it as a money play for NBC. They got their butt kicked when I was at Fox News. They could never do anything. They never made any money. But then they went far left, and now they're making a little bit of money. CNN was the Hey Trump network. They made a little money doing that. Is it all about money? 
for Comcast and AT&T, or are they buying into this progressive socialist trend? I think in this specific respect, these massive corporations that own these these news platforms, they don't need to own these news platforms. They can make a ton of money without them. I think they, uh, they own them as a protection racket. CNN's never going to do a negative story on AT&T. And NBC and MSNBC are never going to do a negative story on Comcast. So I think they like having these outlets. They like having them woke. Uh, they're part of that, that milieu of, uh, of corporatists who, who are down for the revolution, even though they're out there trying to make every little nickel they possibly can. So I just want to be clear. I know they don't self-identify as American Marxists. If they did, I wouldn't have to write this book. I'm identifying them. I'm explaining why I think they are that it is a unique form of Marxism. There was a great piece written by Professor Paul Kengor from Grove City in the American Spectator. And he's an expert on communism. He's an expert on the Cold War. And he said, what's unique about this book is that he feels I've identified something that's happening, something that's going on, and I've labeled it properly. And we'll see, because I think I have, but we'll see if, if people right. agree with me. And you're uh, on your radio and television platforms, you're saying to the American people, in these corporations, the ones we just named and many, many more, don't do business with them, right? Just don't do business with them. To the extent you can, boycott them. And then also look what we did with Goya. Also promote those who, who, who are patriot. I mean, what the hell? Why should we subsidize our own demise? Why should we subsidize companies that hate our guts? Does that go for movie stars and people like that? Is that, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Aniston, these right. people? Okay. All right, the yeah. book number one, and you know, I'm not holding a grudge that, that Killing the Mobs number three. We love you, uh, Bill. <laughs> American Marxism, Mark Levin, thanks very much. Hope we can talk again. I appreciate you coming you on. You too. Okay. God bless. I thought that was a pretty interesting interview. I hope you did too. Let me know what you think, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name in town if we to opine. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Now, fear is driving the unvaccinated. People who don't want to be vaccinated, largely afraid. There is a level of defiance in this thing. So there are people that go, the government's not going to tell me what to do uh, with my body, uh, you know, all of that. There is that. Now, remember, polio vaccine, the federal government did not did not mandate that you take polio vaccine. 
Every state in the union did. That's what I'm telling you. Biden's not going to mandate. So state by state. All right, measles, you want to send your kid to public school, you got to be vaccinated. So the states are going to be going forward, the ones that tell you what you can and can't do about COVID. All right, let's bring in Dr. Daniel Bober. He's our go-to mental health guy. He's out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, a very articulate, honest man. So uh, did I just uh, make a mistake by saying the unvaccinated are driven by fear and defiance? Do you think I'm wrong in that assessment? No, I think what you're saying is tremendous, and I think it's really helpful to everyone out there to have that message which promotes public health. Uh, But yeah, you would think that this would be pretty simple stuff, right? Common sense. Vaccines are over 90% effective, but there is an element of fear out there because they feel like the vaccine was not adequately tested. And of course, there's the defiance aspect, which is fine, except for the fact that when you're defiant, your behavior has a direct impact on society. So uh, I think that's a little bit absurd to have that mentality. Now, you're a psychiatrist and you see many people. How do you deal with fear? Because uh, in my lifetime, most of the people that I have known are afraid to some extent. It's normal. My father, a big, tough, macho man, was very afraid of almost everything because of the Great Depression. Because of that horror, he carried it. My mother was afraid. Uh, I didn't get the gene. I'm not really afraid of much um, because I'm not smart enough to be afraid. I think that might be part of it. But you know what I'm talking about. A lot of people have irrational fears. So how do you treat that? Well, listen, as a general rule, people are much more driven by emotion than they are by logic. You know, it's the same reason that people get on a plane and they are afraid the plane's going to crash, even though their chance of dying in an auto wreck is much greater. Uh, So I think you just have to really use the statistics, use the facts to try to tell them. You're talking you're talking to the patient comes in, pays you a good buck for you to help them. And And they're fearful of the vaccine. They say, oh, I think it's a plot or I think the government is doing this and they're going to plant a microchip in me or whatever it may be. You heard I've it. I've heard that before. Yeah, you've heard it all. How do you deal yeah, you with have to, I, I, you have to. You have to challenge their belief system by giving them the evidence and showing them that their beliefs are irrational and that they don't comport with the science. That's how you do it, by confronting their distorted and flawed belief system. But, you know, a lot of people are never going to cop to that. They're just not. They're going to say, well, that's what I think. And that's too bad if you don't think the same way. Is there a a therapeutic way to holistically, rather than say you're a moron because you're irrational, is there a way to get into that psychology and bring their fear level down? So the best way to do it, believe it or not, is a technique that they use in people who are addicts. It's called motivational interviewing, which is basically not necessarily being confrontational, but trying to have more of a dialogue about what the evidence is. But then there are people that, believe it or not, are so out of touch with reality that the only thing that's going to bring them down is probably medication. So it's a it's a wide spectrum of, you know, different attitudes. Would you say that 30 percent of the American public is, you know, irrational at this point, not just on COVID, but just on life in general? 
Bill, I'm going to tell you a crazy statistic. 40% of the medical personnel in my hospital have not taken the vaccine or don't believe in the vaccine. That's medical professionals. Have you discussed it with them? Have they told you why they're in contact, obviously, with other people, why they wouldn't protect those other people? Have you talked to them about it? um, A lot of them don't trust the vaccine. They don't trust the process, even though... Quite frankly, the creation of the vaccine was probably one of the greatest scientific feats in human history, but a lot of them feel like the process was rushed. Okay. Now, you know, and I guess they know as well, that pretty soon, although Florida is a, is a very um, a um, libertarian state at this point, but your hospital could say you can't work here. How many of them would fold under that pressure? I think you would see a lot of them come into line if that were the case. I personally think that it should be up to the states to determine whether there are mask mandates. In Florida, I think there should be a mask mandate uh, because of the current widespread you know, COVID infections right now. But again, that's not uh, the tack the governor is taking. No, DeSantis is never going to do that. He's just not. Unless it gets to be a lot of death, you know, people dying. Um, right. Anyway, doctor, always... Uh, Always good to talk to you. Thank you for helping us out as always. And uh, we'll talk again soon, I hope. Great to see you, Bill. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, so you heard about the 1619 Project. This is the New York Times thing that says the United States was founded on slavery and white supremacy. Um, we're a bad country. We've always been a bad country. And everything has to be changed. The architect of that was a woman named Nicole Hannah-Jones. Uh, who was offered a job at the University of North Carolina, uh, but they wouldn't give her tenure. Hannah Jones said, blank you, I'm going to go teach at Howard University, where she will be in the fall. Now, a a school uh, in Michigan, Hillsdale College, in response to the 1619 Project, has formulated a curriculum called the 1776 Curriculum, which they will teach in the fall. Joining us now from Pittsburgh is Dr. Matthew Meehan, who is the Director of Academic Programs at Hillsdale College's D.C. campus. All right, so what's the uh, 1776 curriculum? Well, it's about 2,400 pages worth of teacher's guides, quizzes, primary sources with guides and questions how to do them, facts, dates, timelines. Uh, all offered free to the public for 
uh, public, charter, private, and homeschool for students, parents, teachers, school boards, uh, the whole ball of wax, uh, offered free online uh, at hillsdale.edu, K-12. All right, so it's uh, a traditional way of looking at America. Would that be fair? A traditional way? Yeah, it's it's very just, it's what you'd expect, frankly. It's what's been the norm of mainstream history teaching, uh, just basically assembled in a sharper way um, for the new uh, sort of errors of the 1619 project. But Hillsdale's been doing this since 1844, so... What's we didn't whip this up in the last six months. Yeah, you're just doing what you've always done. Now, I wrote a book you may know, uh, Killing Crazy Horse. I think it's the fairest book ever written about the Native American wars, but it shows that the United States government was corrupt in some areas during those wars and uh, that the uh, Native Americans got a very bad deal across the board um, often. Would you teach that in Hillsdale? Yeah, the, the, the curriculum doesn't hide any of the warts of American history. Uh, so we get into the evils of slavery. Uh, we're, you know, our first uh, curriculum uh, units that we're offering are the Civil War and the American Revolution and a civics and government program. But we're going to be rolling out and expanding everything through the, the westward migration, which is going to have to deal with the Trail of Tears uh, and the mistreatment of Native Americans. We don't hide from the evils of America. The question is, are they contextualized in all the great achievements of America, or are they just uh, a sort of awful wax museum of the worst things that we've ever done? Yeah, I mean, the New York Times and others who believe in this 1619, they, they absolutely feel America is an evil place. There's no doubt they do. Uh, and Hillsdale, I know it well enough to know that you feel it's a noble place. That would be fair, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, I mean, we're at Hillsdale, we're profoundly grateful to our forebearers, our ancestors, the founding fathers, and all the Americans who came before us. And that's got to be in the forefront of any presentation of this great land of hope. All right. I got one more question for you. And this is a hard question, but I, I, I want to get your, as an academic and a respected uh, pedagogue. How about that? Pedagogue, right, doctor? Very. All right. That's a teacher. <laughs> all right. Robert E. Lee. Brilliant general. Um, you know, you want to know about Robert E. Lee, you read Killing Lincoln. But he's a traitor. How would Hillsdale's 1776 project treat Robert E. Lee? Um, well, yeah, we wouldn't hide from the fact that he broke his oath, right, and left, right, military service uh, and made a mistake. But I think uh, in a certain sense, the highlight is go look at Lee's words after the Civil War, where he said he made a terrible mistake, basically tried to uh, correct the wrong. So right when someone falls and does a, a great and terrible evil, um, you can focus on uh, their redemption or attempts thereof. But also you would just point at uh, the military acumen um, and as a formidable foe to right in the oh, Civil absolutely. War. And, and if you didn't read Killing Lincoln, a lot of people don't know this, but Lincoln wanted Lee to run the Union Army. He would have been the commander of the Union forces, but Lee wanted to protect his Virginia legacy and, and decline. Well, we wish you the best, Doctor. Uh, we do respect Hillsdale very much. If people want to uh, see your curriculum, how can they get in touch? Uh, if you go to k12.hillsdale.edu or just go to the Hillsdale webpage, uh, there's a number of links you can find, and you can download the whole thing, any part of it, grades three through high school. Excellent. I'm sure a lot of people will do that. And uh, I hope we can talk again soon, doctor. Thanks very much.
Thank you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So here's the final thought of the day. A lot of people are angry. You see it at the airports. You see it on the planes. You see it in road rage. You see it in stores. People are angry. All right. Two sources of the anger right now. That is the people who are vaccinated and now their kids have to go back to wearing masks or they have to wear masks and they're blaming the unvaccinated. So they're mad. And then the unvaccinated are angry because they don't want to be uh, have the government impose anything on them, so they're furious. There's a lot of anger swirling around. I see it. It's visible, okay? And it's dangerous because angry people do foolish things. I mean, I have a big Irish temper, all right? And when I lose that temper, nothing good happens. Now, I'm a lot better than I was when I was 30, because I've learned some hard lessons that if you're walking around with a lot of anger, it's going to come back at you. It's going to hurt you. So that's my message here in the final thought. It's normal to be middle of a pandemic. All our rights are being infringed upon. There's crazy stuff going on. We have a weak president. We have a corrupt media. Oh. Yeah, I'm going bad. But I'm giving you an outlet here. You hear the truth every day on this program. I give you solutions to problems. We're going to be a better country after the midterm elections. I can almost guarantee that. Okay? But you'll step, stair-step it. So if you know people who are angry, give them a subscription to BillOReilly.com. Give them a premium membership. Do them a favor. Gift it to them for birthday or just because you like them. Because we got to take the anger out of the balloon. All right? Problems are not solved by anger. They're solved by determination, logic, and perseverance. Okay? That's how problems are solved. But it is normal to be angry. That's normal. But you've got to contain it. And this is one outlet that helps you do that. Thank you for watching us tonight. Tomorrow, we're going to have a special program on media corruption. Stuff you have no idea about. Right here on the No Spin News. See you then.